The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. At ACE, we believe there's nothing better than helping kids. That's why we've been proud to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals for over 25 years. This Friday through Sunday, get our five-gallon bucket and 20% off almost anything that fits inside when you donate $5 to support Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And like ACE, CMN Hospitals are local, so the money you donate helps kids near you. ACE is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Offer valid at participating stores on regular price merchandise only. Additional conditions and exclusions apply. See store for details. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more. Welcome everyone to episode 116 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Toporek and today we're going to talk about Kawhi Leonard's mysterious health updates, Jimmy Butler's knee injury, and some possible updates to the playoff format. Before we get underway, wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod. In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We would love any feedback. We're being hosted this year on Fan. Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles. Now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 8-11, Flex Styles excludes in-store clearance. FanRag Sports. So check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? It's going well, Brian. I, th- I think it helped. It was kind of therapeutic for us to go on a political rant for 25 minutes <laughs> the other day. I think I so. I feel a little bit better now. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel better that your uh, former team, the Chicago Bulls, decided to not only tank by resting a bunch of their healthy veterans, but then throw away a game that they should have beat the Sixers on Thursday. So shout out to the Bulls for that. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, under normal circumstances, in a, in a season where they'd be trying to win, it'd be totally Bulls. Yeah, But right. this time around, they actually did something right, yeah. which is impressive. Yeah, it was great for both teams. It's a win-win all around, even though only one team actually won the game. <laughs> Uh, all right, Mort. So last time we recorded, we were talking about the Western Conference playoff picture, and we right. we were discussing which two teams were going to miss. Uh, you know, there there are eight teams in the mix for those three through eight seeds, basically. And I mentioned mm-hmm. the Spurs as a team, not that I thought was going to miss, but even though they were the three seed, I was at least a little bit hesitant about them. And you looked at me like I had five eyes, which is fair because they're the Spurs and that's just, 
you know, you yeah. always expect them to be win 50 games and be in the playoffs. That's just what the Spurs do. A couple hours after we finished recording, Greg Popovich met with the media, said he would be surprised if Kawhi Leonard came back to play this season. Right, I'd say an hour or two after that, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN dropped a Woj bomb to end all Woj bombs. He reported that Kawhi has been medically cleared to return from the right quad tendinopathy that he's been dealing with since last season, but he is elected to elected against returning to the active roster. And if he returns, it will be because he has decided he can manage the discomfort of the injury. Mort, what do you think is going on with Kawhi and the Spurs? Oh, I wish I knew because this is getting frustrating and it's getting weird. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a Derrick Rose situation back when he tore his ACL and the Bulls apparently cleared him to play right. and he didn't feel comfortable returning. That was all the way back in 2013. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up sitting out the year. Obviously, Kawhi has played nine games this year, so he wouldn't miss a full season, but close to it. Uh, so it, it's it depends on where you're at in, in terms of what you believe. Do you believe that Kawhi wants out of the Spurs mm-hmm. and he's doing this from a strategic standpoint? Uh, then even then, it doesn't even make sense because what would you gain from not playing, honestly? Uh, so I think there is an element of pain that bothers him to the point that he feels I shouldn't risk it. Yeah. The Spurs are obviously trying to go for it. They're in a win now mode, <laughs> which they always are. <laughs> right. Uh, to be fair to them, and I, I just think Kawhi looks at it a little bit differently. He he might be taking a long term approach, keeping himself open in in you know going. I I could play. But I don't feel entirely comfortable. And if I'm going to switch teams in the summer, like force a trade or whatever, mm-hmm. I could sit out. But, you know, it's... <laughs> how would how would he even go about that? The man doesn't even talk. Right. Like, how would he even demand a trade? <laughs> I mean, not I'm not even sure how that's possible, really. Submit it in writing, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Out. Yeah. Done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean... Look, I, I was <laughs> I was trolling our former uh, co-host yep. Sarah Chile a little bit on Twitter. Yep. She still hasn't spoken to me, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I, That's I, can, fair. I don't entirely blame her for that. Yeah. No, I shot her some DMs with some trade proposal for Kawhi, and she got pretty pissed, <laughs> which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the 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 sad thing is, I I, I did it as a joke, but now. You know, it might actually, it might become true. Yeah. Teams might actually call up the Spurs and they might engage in dialogue to find out what's what is, what's a suitable deal for, for Kawhi Leonard. Which is, I, I mean, if I told you this like a year ago, right. I would have been the one with five eyeballs. Right. That's true. Or unless it was like they called up and offered LeBron James or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But oh god, look at that by the way. Just just you just touched on something important there. Like the return for for Kawhi Leonard isn't going to be like a Kevin Durant no. or LeBron James because if he wants out, then that's going to severely limit his trade value. We saw how cheaply uh stars were traded last summer mm-hmm. and before you mentioned, well, Victor Oladipo turned out to be great. Right. We didn't know that. Yeah. So and, I mean, yeah. 
no offense to Paul George, Boogie, Jimmy Butler, a healthy Kawhi Leonard is a tier above all of those guys. Yep. But this injury yep. cast doubt on like how comfortable can you feel trading for a guy who very well might miss, as you said, probably 73 games this year, who's been dealing mm-hmm. with this injury for more than a year, who can who is going to opt out if he comes back healthy and avoids another injury next year. He can become a free agent in 2019, so you're getting him for one more year. It's yep. yeah, I mean that's the if the Spurs went down that road, it's going to be tricky for them to traverse because I think they are going relative to a healthy Kawhi, they are not going to get anywhere near that value. Nope, I don't think they are, which ironically makes the specific trade proposal I mentioned to Sarah. <laughs> Somewhat fair. <laughs> oh no, I don't even want to know. I think I saw no, it actually, sure. and it was yeah, it I, it was very offensive. I do not blame her. Yeah, it was. Um, it yeah, I mean, to your point, where so Woj, Woj and Michael C. Wright, uh, toward the end of January, had reported mm. that the relationship between Kawhi and the Spurs was becoming strained, and I think we talked about it briefly at the time, and we both just kind of chalked it up to you know I think probably as you said earlier. Everyone on both sides is just frustrated with this whole thing. Like Kawhi's frustrated yeah. that his, you know, that he can't play, and that his body is not recovering the way he would like it to. I'm sure the Spurs, you know, they're not going to throw this dude under the bus publicly because this is their franchise player. But like Pop did come out earlier this season and say like this is just the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like Tony Parker had a more severe version of this injury. He came back and. <laughs> late November, he's been fine, and he's almost a decade older than Kawhi. Like, this is weird. So, in this latest report from Woj, he again said, the injury, rehab, and timetable for return has complicated the Spurs and Leonard's relationship, causing tension and fraying the fabric of what was once a strong partnership. The uncertainty surrounding this season and Leonard's future, which could include free agency in the summer of 2019, has inspired a palpable stress around the organization. So yeah, that goes, I mean, now that begs the question, Mort, how, mm. I mean, the Spurs are approaching this season as though he's not coming back. So right. even if they make the playoffs, that eliminates any chance of them beating Houston or Golden State. How do they approach yeah. this summer and next season? Do like, should <laughs> they, should they really start listening to trade offers for Kawhi? Like it sounds sacrilegious, but. If he's really pissed at this organization, what do you do? I would flip it on its head. Like, if you are Kawhi Leonard and you're pissed at the Spurs organization, uh-huh. would teams be looking at him as a problem child? Mm. Because how can you be upset at the Spurs organization? Well, Lamar- really. Lamarcus Aldridge was last year. He, well, that was for different reasons like yeah. that became that was because he was he was thinking of like i'm gonna be the same guy that i was in portland right and and you see now like he re-signed with them just after a chat with pop <laughs> yeah right so right. i mean things are if things are bad in san antonio it's redeemable yeah but if Kawhi somehow is not really willing to open up a, a dialogue or anything like that then you have to take into account what is Kawhi the type of guy that you can build around? Is he a guy that we want to have us take around? Or is he a guy who's just going to throw us under the bus as a franchise if something goes against 
the way that he's thinking. Now, this is just me thinking out loud. I'm not right, saying it's right, like right, that. Right. Very, very important. I, I think this is all about frustration. I also think there's possibly a level of miscommunication. I mean, let's be frank. Kawhi isn't the greatest communicator mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the Spurs, as I said, being in a win-now mode, it's just a whole bunch of things are just collapsing right now, and and I think that's just the the end of it. I wouldn't be surprised after this season when everything calms down, Pop and Kawhi like hash it out. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I agree with that. But it doesn't hurt to pick up the phone. Yeah, I wouldn't. If I'm the Spurs, I'm not actively shopping him. I'm at least making it clear that I'm listening to offers if they are not insulting, like the ones you have been proposing to Sarah. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, but and, and that's not necessarily because I think the relationship is irreparable. But uh, I mean, really, with him a year removed from free agency, or likely a year removed from free agency, that's just doing your due diligence. If you can get it is, you know, if you can get like multiple, like if the Sixers called up and offered offered Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid for Kawhi Leonard. If you're the Spurs, you at least have to entertain that because you have the, both of those yeah. guys locked up for a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think either side would actually do that trade, but, you know, that's that's the type of offer, at least, that you, if you're the Spurs, you need to listen to. Now, whether you act, make a move or not, I think that mm-hmm. comes down to can you repair this relationship? And I think, more as you said, I think we've seen it time and time again injuries especially ones that don't follow a linear timetable of recovery tend to cause frustration and tension through between players and organizations and then when the players come back and they're healthy everything is fine or it yeah. turns into a derrick rose situation where it just you know robs a guy of his career but uh, yeah thankfully we're not there with yeah. Kawhi in terms of the injury i think it uh, it's a quad injury it doesn't seem like it's it's something that should prevent him from having a productive career. Yeah, knock on wood. It, it, he eventually should be fine. But like we agree that the Spurs would have to go into a rebuild if they trade him, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, with a recite LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> yeah, right. That, I mean, that's, oh, that's why I yeah. think they probably stand pat, at least for now, and see what what happens with him next year. Um. It's just, it's a bummer. But, you know, <laughs> to some degree, I am happy that the Sixers are no longer the only team with a really weird injury situation. At least this can deflect mm. some attention from the Markel Fultz thing. But also, it means that Kawhi Leonard is destined to become a Sixer in the free agent summer of 2019. Because the, if they don't sign anyone this summer, they'll have cap space. And it's perfect. Who His weird injury situation and the Sixers, who are no strangers to such situations, it's a match made in heaven. Or, you know, Bulls have two first-round draft picks and a bunch of young guys. <laughs> oh if, the, if the Spurs are rebuilding, I'm just going to throw that one out there. No, didn't, no. didn't you say that, like a that, re-signed Zach Levine? And then yeah. did you include marketing <laughs> in that deal? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just gonna read it. I was, remember, I was teasing Sarah. Uh, I said a re-signed Levine, whoever they pick with the Pelicans pick, because I did not, I did not give in the Chicago's original own pick. Portis, Valentine, and Justin Holiday, oh fair offer. God. 
And Sarah responded, I'm never talking to you again. Yeah, Sarah, I know you're listening to this. Seriously, don't talk to Mort for a month. This That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, that, would, that would probably be a kind punishment. Yeah. A month. <laughs> right. that's, that's, that's letting me off easy, honestly. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on Kawhi Mort, or do you want to go to the other uh, big injury news of the week? Oh, God. Let's... I almost want to find something to talk about with Kawhi, so we can just avoid this one. But let's just pulling off a bandaid. Let's go, go for it. Okay. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine and More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine and more so uh jimmy butler during the timberwolves game against the houston rockets on friday night went down with a non-contact injury to his right knee obviously you know as sports fans we see that and we are immediately trained to fear a torn acl uh luckily the timberwolves announced saturday that it is not a torn acl uh they (laughs) released a very vague press release instead and says he he they gave him an mri um and it revealed a meniscal injury no word as to how severe it is uh sham Sharani of the vertical later reported it is, it is a meniscus tear but again we don't know the severity like grade one grade two grade three uh sham said that jimmy is now investigating options for treatment the two big ones he can either get a mess or a meniscal repair. The meniscectomy is a removal. I believe that's the one where you get that and you come back more quickly, but it has um, longer-term side effects in terms of, your, your like, as you get older, your knees are just going to be in worse shape, whereas the repair, that's going to bring an end to his season, most likely, but longer-term, it, it's probably more beneficial. Um, again, we don't know which route he's going we don't know the severity we don't know his timetable to return but more let's just uh, you know assume the worst for now let's assume that jimmy is done for the year what does that do to the timberwolves because they like the spurs are in that mix of a bunch of western conference playoff teams all of whom are jostling for those spots have you seen independence day the first one (laughs) Have I seen Independence Day? That's one of yes, that's one of my top five movies. I've probably seen that more. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine too. So th- this is why we're friends, Brian. <laughs> then you remember Will Smith's character losing his his best friend, his wingman. Yes. Yeah. Jimmy, no. <laughs> I sure do. 
Yeah, that's that's basically what I've been screaming in my head for the past twenty hours, yeah, Brian. I know. And and it's also what the Timberwolves have been screaming inside their heads for the last twenty hours because they could just replace with Jimmy No with Oh Wiggins No <laughs> because more responsibility to Andrew Wiggins yeah. is bad news for Minnesota. I'm sorry. I know that T Wolves fans are pissed at me for for keep speaking ill about Wiggins. And and look, I sound like a hater. I get it. It's not that. It's just he is so frustratingly under impressive. Yeah. It's it's he's he underperforms routinely and he's just taking such a big uh step backwards this year where you would think the addition of Jimmy Butler would open up the court more for him. Mm-hmm. Not in terms of necessary spacing, but less attention, um being able to sort of go into that third option role and he hasn't delivered, so now you're putting your eggs in the basket with that says Andrew Wiggins, and I'm not really sure that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, his, so, his efficiency yeah. is down compared to last year, which should not happen when you're, as you said, playing next to Jimmy Butler. He should be looking at more open field goal attempts, right. not fewer. And, you know, he still hasn't taken that step forward. He's a, still a mediocre rebounder, not a good playmaker. I mean, he's a high-volume, low-efficiency scorer, and that's about it. And he's 23. He just turned 23 the other day. Mm-hmm. So now I think we've reached that point in time where we can begin to say that, you know, it the, the potential is still there, yep. but it's not going to be as significant as it was like four years ago. Like the, the ceiling is lower now. Uh, Yeah. I guess. Oh, really? Well, I mean, you know, I think of a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who we thought we knew who he was, but then this year he starts shooting threes and stops playing iso ball, and, like, he turns into, you know, Matt Moore of formerly of CBS Sports, now of the Action Network, had him number two in his MVP ballot the other day. So I'm not, I'm still not giving up on Andrew Wiggins. Like, No, but that's a refinement to the game, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, Wiggins would need to add several layers, right? I, I mean, it's it's alarming. Like, I I think you're right to say that. Whereas you could envision him becoming like a multi-time All Star when he came into the league, now yeah. it's you're starting to wonder. Like, okay, has I mean, I you know, he, I don't think he's peaked yet. As you said, he's only 23, but you do start to wonder. Like, okay, what is his ceiling now? Because it doesn't feel like it's as high as it was a year Exactly, ago. which was my point. Yeah. 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 Like, the dude has a 12.9 PER. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's uh, it's not good. I mean, so 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 to answer your question, what did the T-Wolves do here? I mean, at least Shabazz Muhammad is going to get minutes finally. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Good thing they didn't wave him. Yeah, that's true. Well, I don't know. Is he? Or is Tibbs just going to run these guys even further into the ground? Well, Jimmy was hobbling on his own, yeah. so going for to get the MRI. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, it's it's just so problematic. Like, but Jimmy had had turned around this team, yeah. for the better. He was he was a clear cut MVP candidate in my eyes. Yeah, at least. I mean, he's never been a raw stat starling. Yeah, but the advanced metrics love him right. for the right reasons. Yeah. Low turnover numbers, great assist rates, great defender, gets to the line, is efficient. Yeah. Like, yeah. And and to lose that, like, you're cutting your heart out of the team. 
Yeah. Where, where do you go from? Like, even if you find something that works, let's say Shabazz Muhammad, just for a, to take an example, mm-hmm. and you find something that's that's okay, mm-hmm. like if he if Jimmy's out for the rest of the year, they're bounced in the first round if they get into the playoffs. Do you think like they, so easily? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I completely agree with that. But do you even think they yeah. make it to the playoffs, or do you think they're, not sure they're in legit danger of missing? I I I think they could be. They're I mean, they're thirty six and twenty six. Yeah. They've got the Bulls tonight, so that's probably going to be a win. Right. I mean, I would assume because they still have a healthy Carl Anthony Towns, though. So, um, if that means there'll be 11 games over 500, so that does give them a cushion. Mm-hmm. But they could fall apart. Fall apart. Yeah. Uh, you know, down the stretch, especially because of the factors we just talked about. Like, it's it really all hinges on Andrew Wiggins. Yeah. I mean, they really does. They're only three games ahead of the Clippers, who are ninth right now. Yeah. So they do. They don't have. I mean, they have a cushion, but not a massive one. No. And I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm now nervous about both San Antonio and Minnesota. Like it, the the race for number three feels wide open right now. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, it is. Um, how weird would it be to see San Antonio and Minnesota both? miss the playoffs right now yeah. which it wouldn't be weird to see minnesota not getting the playoffs because we're kind of accustomed to that right but given how they played all year long we finally like mentally prepared ourselves oh minnesota's back yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so more I, oh, it's just so unfortunate. I, I know you're gonna hate this question before i even ask it but i have to ask it anyway i don't want to blame tibbs for this because it was a I mean, just the way he turned his knee is what caused the tear. That said, meniscus injuries can sometimes be related to overuse. Jimmy Butler is averaging 37.1 minutes a game. He did not play in the All-Star game on Sunday because he just wanted rest. Right. Do you think Tibbs shares any part of the blame for... If he... I know that a lot of people would blame to that's because people go on the blame game immediately mm-hmm. um i th- i mean hell we have tendencies to do that as well mm-hmm. we're we're human being um i i think tips plays a small part in this i don't think his role is as significant as people make it out to be mm-hmm. because let's be honest i mean a lot of guys are averaging you know 36 37 minutes uh, and now people are starting to go oh but Derek tore out his ACL under tips. Mm-hmm. Zach Levine tore out his ACL. Now Jimmy's gone down with a knee injury. Oh, it's all on tips. Like the Derek Rose ACL, I, while while it was bad taste of tips to keep him in the game that late, mm-hmm. it was never about tips. It was about Chicago clearly not reading the signs. Like I still remember that playoff game yeah, you too. so vividly. He was hobbling. Yeah. Even to begin the game, like he he was moving weirdly, and all that you know that entire season he he picked up these nagging injuries. Right. He should have been shut down before the playoffs, yeah. and just you know the Bulls should have said, you know what, this is horrible, but we're just gonna sacrifice one one playoff uh, because and that's just how it is, and we're gonna get Derek back on track right. next year, right? Because he was just so ravaged by all these small injuries, he was overcompensating. His body just mm-hmm. wasn't right. Yep. That's just not on tips. That's on the medical staff. Yeah. Tips playing him at that specific point in time in the game, that's bad, but it's not ultimately his fault. Yeah. 
the Zach Levine thing, like that was so early in the season last year. Like he did not even have it. Like, and what was he at that point? Twenty twenty one. Yeah, it was around like young guys. February, huh? right? Early February. Oh, was it that? Okay, it was a little bit later than I thought. I then. think it was. I could be wrong. Okay, but I think it was around. It, I mean, this Jimmy injury happened later, and Derek obviously happened much later. But right, I'm pretty sure it was either. Okay, yeah. Minnesota. He yeah, Sack played 47 games. I thought I, in my head I had it as 37 mm, games, okay. but he played 47 games, mm-hmm. so just over half a season. And here's the thing. Sack is not known as a defender no. by any stretch of the imagination. He sure isn't. So the energy, yeah. So the energy he exerted on the defensive end was just not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. So, and and he was the third option. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't in a Derrick Rose similar role where he had to carry everything. Mm-hmm. It was just something that happened. I can't blame Tips for that. The Jimmy thing is just, it's weird because Jimmy just plays so hard on both ends. He's one of those guys who just has unlimited energy. Mm -hmm. And Tibbs utilizes that. So I guess I'm giving Tibbs partly some blame in in playing him a little bit more than he should have. Mm -hmm. But I I don't want to put everything on his feet. I think that's unfair. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, again, the the contortion of the knee is what caused the tear. It's not like, (laughs) it's not... I mean, this wasn't a complete overuse injury. That said, it wouldn't surprise me if, if you know, if they go in and do a surgery, and they go in and see like, oh, you know, all the tissue around that area is worn down because he's been playing too many minutes. That wouldn't mm-hmm. totally shock me. So, you know, right. I, I I don't think it's fair to blame Tibbs for Jimmy getting hurt, but it wouldn't totally shock me if it contributed to the injury at least a little bit. But at the same time, can I just point something out? Last year, Jimmy played 37 minutes a game under Fred Hoiberg. Mm-hmm. He's only playing 0.1 minutes more under Tibbs. Yeah. And Jimmy was asked to do a hell of a lot more under Fred than he was Tibbs. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what if if the injury had happened under Fred, then what? He would have gone off scot free, but he doesn't have any tips. I don't know if he would. I, feel I think like he would. If oh, anyone, I think it would. If anyone gets hurt with an injury that can be at least contributed, that overuse can contribute to an injury, and this player is playing yeah. thirty-seven minutes a game, I I kind of think Hoiberg would catch some heat too. I you know think? it's it's popular to mm. for you know to fault Tibbs for this just because it's been an issue for so long. And that, like, now yeah. the narrative has kind of taken over. It's, like, taken on a life of its own. But, yeah, right. I don't I don't think Fred would have gotten off scot-free if it happened last year. I have a feeling he would have, knowing the, the hashtag C-Red crowd. Oh, maybe. Yeah, it might. Maybe from <laughs> Bulls fans. But I feel like yeah. outside observers would have been like, huh. Right. He was playing right. an awful lot of minutes. That doesn't yeah, seem like a but good I, idea. Yeah, but he was... But he was playing thirty. He was he was playing thirty six point nine. So basically thirty seven, the year before as well. Yeah. Which was also under Fred. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's just unfortunate. Jimmy is, is is by far my my favorite player. Yeah. In the game. Yeah. Uh, I, I just just I love his demeanor. I love the fact that he's sort of a throwback in terms of his mentality. Mm. He doesn't give a damn about anything it's all about getting better it's all about you know 
putting in that grind. Yeah. The defense, like, he, he doesn't need to be one of those guys who goes out and be buddy-buddy all the time. Not that I necessarily mind that, but I, I love that he has this approach to it. And by the way, uh, Michael Pena did a great piece on him leading up to the season So mm-hmm. from for, for Vice Sports. So if you, you should go back and check that one out. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a bummer. Whatever option Jimmy chooses for his recovery, we hope it goes smoothly. We hope he's back soon. Um, yeah, I mean, he's... Well, you're right. I mean, he was, I don't want to say he was a leading MVP candidate, but he should have at least been in that conversation for like four or five, six, that range. Yep. I mean, he really did. He's got off to a slow start, but once he picked up, the Timberwolves went right along with him. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they adjust these final two months and if they can keep their their grip on the playoffs. It's going to, I mean, it. Between the Kawhi and Jimmy thing, the Western Conference playoff picture just became that much more interesting mm. for all the wrong reasons. But, you know, the Clippers woke up this morning and now feel a lot better about their chances. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's I'm so unfortunate because Kawhi and Jimmy, those are actually my two favorite players. Yeah. I've, I, I've, had, I've told you before, I've had wet dreams of pairing it up and, on some team at some point in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but they may might have to be paired up in a hospital bed. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big, friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. Uh, all right, Mort, we need to discuss the NCAA. We're going to take a, a pivot from the NBA, but it could have NBA implications too because... Uh, so Pete, Pat Forte and Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports, they've been releasing this news in a slow trickle over the last couple weeks, basically about this whole NCAA investigation into, or sorry, FBI investigation um, into the underbelly of college basketball recruiting, namely agencies lending a lot of players or handlers money um, on Friday they started naming names and you know they've been teasing at this and basically saying like any (laughs) every major program is implicated uh we're starting to see that a huge number duke north carolina texas kentucky michigan state usc alabama um all implicated in this espn on saturday and came out and said sean miller there's there's fbi intercepted a wiretap of Sean Miller discussing a $100,000 payment with a handler to land DeAndre Ayton, who more mm. you are in love with and who, I mean, a potential number one overall pick. That was cheap. Pick. Yeah. For a That's no- cheap. Right, for a potential number one overall pick. Um, oh, my God. 
That's a good deal, Coach. <laughs> For real. So, I, I, Mort, I feel like the first thing that I just want to say off the bat is I love the NCAA trying to plead ignorance here. Like, that. Oh, yeah. their response was like, oh, we just didn't know anything. I mean, I, I want to, yeah. I'm going to read part of a statement from Mark Emmert, who is the NCAA president. He said, these allegations, if true, point to systemic failures that must be fixed and fixed now if we want college sports in America. You, you shouldn't want college sports in America, at least not basketball. I mean, that's yeah, yeah that's a fair point, too. But, like, I have zero sources. But everyone right. knows this this has been going on for years. And I was talking to... Well, obviously. I was talking with people last night about this. And they're like, oh, well, you know, UNC is cleared because their players only took a couple hundred bucks. I'm like, dude, do you think this is the only agency that's doing this? Like, every, right. this is the tip of the iceberg. Every agency is doing this. Every major college basketball program is doing this. Every shoe company is doing this. This is mm-hmm. just how business is done. And it's because the right. NCAA doesn't pay these guys or doesn't allow, not only right. doesn't pay them, but doesn't allow them to make money in any way. Like, they, they can't take... That's scum- the problem. Yeah, they can't take endorsements. They can't take sponsorships. Right. Can't make money off of their autographs. So this is a multi-billion dollar enterprise... And the players are getting zero. So, of course, yep. there is going to be... I don't even want to call this corruption. This is just how it should be. Like, these guys should be getting some amount of money. I'm frankly happy that there has been this underbelly for so long. That said... Well, yeah. What like what do you think happens now? Is the NCAA... I don't think... Do you think they can rule quickly enough to impact some of... I mean, Miles Bridges was named in this report mm-hmm. from Yahoo, Colin Sexton, Wendell Carter, all of whom are mentioned as top 10 picks, Aiton now too. I mean, that that we're looking right. at possibly four or more of the top 10 picks in this year's draft class. <laughs> the NCAA would kill their own product if they just kind of threw them out of their respective programs. Right. So um, do you think they... Are they going to act quickly enough to ban, you know, prevent, like say you can't play for the rest of the year or do you think it's going to be like a louisville thing where oh yeah they just think like we we need more time to investigate this everyone can play and then we'll just retroactively strip your championship which means nothing who cares well dude march is right around the corner right i know it's like so two weeks away. And, and exactly and they have all these sponsors lined up Mm-hmm. paying all the big bucks to watch the big names. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are definitely going to take their time reviewing <laughs> these things. Yeah. And then afterwards, oh, we came up with something when those guys are already in the NBA. Yeah. Look, I have zero respect for the NCAA's way of handling things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I have a problem with them not being able to pay uh, the, their players because – as as coach nick actually put up a tweet about yep. which was pretty interesting was you can't just pay basketball and football players Correct. in in division 1 like you would have to pay every athlete a certain amount of money and if that number was say $1000 a month mm-hmm. then you'd be spending i think he summed it up to 5 and a half billion dollars yeah. a year in player salaries right yeah so title and, and what you're referring to is yeah. title 9 uh which prohibits 
discrimination on the basis of gender in academics and athletics. So in other words, men's basketball yeah. and college football are the only two sports overall that produce revenue. They help right. subsidize every other collegiate sport. So Correct. you can't only pay the men's basketball and college football players because that'd be a violation of Title IX. You'd have to pay female athletes or give them an equitable chance to earn money. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, as you said, it would it, it, the cost would be too prohibitive, or potentially right. too prohibitive, especially for schools that don't have a major college football or college bas- men's basketball program. Um, that you know drives hundreds of millions in revenue. Mm. Like it, it, you just can't do that, right? So I have this thing called, and it's just a, a personal thing. Mm-hmm. I call it the, the McDermott rule. Okay. And 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 it's it's based on a scenario that mm-hmm. that thankfully for Doug McDermott has not played out. Mm-hmm. So as we know, Doug McDermott was a star at Creighton for four years, mm-hmm. and he was a star immediately right, right off the bat, averaged like fifteen and seven. In his in his freshman season, mm-hmm. and just became a scoring machine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this scenario is: let's assume that Doug McDermott, in his final collegiate game, just fell mm-hmm. badly, mm-hmm. career over, bur- back broken, legs whatever, mm-hmm. just something awful happened. Yeah, this guy was such a big product for Creighton for four years, yep. and he was on the national radar for four years. Yep. Had he just been allowed to earn money on his own image and his own name, mm-hmm. he could have walked away after that injury, having possibly pocketed what five to ten million dollars off of ads to over a four-year period. Yeah, I mean, because of yeah. the, the, I have no idea yeah. how much, but yeah, no, but like at least a couple million, at least his name was that big. Yeah, like he was, he was, he was frequently highlighted on ESPN. Like he was everywhere. Right. I mean, the the McDermott hype was real, so that's that's just going off that scenario. We call it the JJ Reddick scenario mm-hmm. because then you it will also incentivize players to stick around college programs longer yeah. if they were able to earn money off their own name and likeness and whatever. Right. Then you could actually go and say, you know what, the NBA isn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't feel forced to go to the NBA because I'm actually earning money on the side which I'm allowed to do legally. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel that I can stick around this program for a year longer and develop. And hey, what do you know? I become, I come into the NBA as a better player right off the bat. Yeah. I, it yeah. There is no downside to letting these guys earn money off their name. Yeah. it's None. It's often referred to as the Olympic model. Um, and I, I could not agree more. There, There is... I, I mean... The NCAA would allege that this will lead to, you know, a Kentucky, say, gets a huge sponsor who, like, mm. just, you know, basically funnels money under the table, calls it, like, a sponsorship or an endorsement, or, like, says, we'll pay $5,000 per autograph for Kevin Knox. Right. But that's happening anyway. Like, that's the stupid part of this argument. It's already happening under the table. So it's not like... You know, they're they're trying to say we can't do this uh, in the essence of fairness. Like, we, we want the table to be equal for, like, these smaller programs um, that don't have these sponsors and can't, you know, 
can't funnel a hundred thousand dollars to all these recruits but everyone's doing it like fred van vliet showed up in this report like even (laughs) these mid major schools are doing this kind of stuff so Mm. that's dumb and like it makes me think like i don't know i mean the yukon women's basketball team you're telling me up in connecticut those girls wouldn't have a chance to be in like local commercials Oh, yeah, they so would. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... Yeah. I, I really don't think it, it would affect all that many athletes outside of the top ones anyway. Like, I don't think a men's lacrosse player from Vanderbilt is going to be in a local ad down here in Nashville. But if they had a star football player or a star basketball player, shit, yeah, let them make money off of their name. It's their mm-hmm. name. Who the hell are you to not let them do that? Yep. And then, I I mean, as you said, like, I don't think the top, you know, I don't think Ben Simmons is staying at LSU for more than a year, even if he can make money off of his own name. Because you're still, maybe not, you're still looking at an NBA salary, like a top five pick is going either way. But I, I agree that these fringe first round guys who might not be, you know, excited about their draft stock, but then feel like, well, you know, if I come back next year, Hmm. they're only going to pick more holes in my game. I'm at least going to get $2 million or whatever to come out right, right. now. I'm just going to do it. And it might yeah. not be good for my long-term career. Like I might, you know, I'm not ready. I'm going to fall by the wayside, but at least I'm going to pocket eight, nine, $10 million before I go. So I think, yeah. Which would be completely fair. Right. Like I, I yeah. it would not yeah. surprise me if guys in that 20 to 30 range said no you know what i'm i'm good i'm making 150k off of my name in college like it's not as much as i would in the pros but if i can come back develop a year become a better player i'll be more ready to make mm-hmm. an impact in the pros i mean it, it yeah it, it just seems like such a no-brainer for the ncaa that all of their arguments against it you can poke holes in immediately and it feels like oh yeah john oliver did that too a couple years ago yeah you saw that yeah yeah. So it feels like, I mean, given the breadth of this scandal, and again, this is only the tip of the iceberg, it is going to get worse for the NCAA. This is like, mm-hmm. no one should think that if your school is not named in this report, you are in the clear. Because this is one agency, every agency is doing this stuff. It feels like the NCAA and- has to make some sort of substantial change in, in reaction to this. And also, if you are out there blaming players, oh my God, you yeah. really shouldn't. Yeah. yeah. Because that would just, that's the most cruel thing of all. Right. Like, I've seen guys on Twitter go, oh, this guy, he, he took a dinner and he got $400. Like, right. really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you upset at a player for accepting $400 despite earning his school millions upon millions of dollars right. without getting any of that moolah himself? Get them out of here. Yeah, it's uh, right there. The argument of, well, they're getting it's not like they're not being paid. They're being paid in a scholarship. That's true. Yeah, they're not going to class. Right. They, they can't. They, they don't have time to go to class. Like, again, if you if you out there have not seen the John Oliver segment for like three <laughs> or four years ago, yeah. go watch it. Like everything is explained in typical last week tonight <laughs> detail. Yeah. It's perfect. Also, you're telling me Ben Simmons didn't make more than $50,000 for LSU. I mean, that's just a good investment on LSU's part. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's so stupid 
someone on an academic scholarship can have a job outside of their, you know, they, yeah. they can make money outside. They can have a job. Why can't a student athlete? Because it's a jock, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Our, Apparently. We're, well, no, they're concerned about amateurism. Yeah. But, uh, which is like, yeah. baloney. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm... And, so, and also, because I'm on this side of the pond, mm -hmm. I also have a problem with, you know, players coming from Europe who play professionally at like age 16 or whatever. Yeah. And then are disallowed yeah. because they earn money previously. It's not like they would keep making that money previous like they did the year before mm -hmm. like they a lot of guys are actually they are they are getting offered money at a young age and are declining that money just so they're ncaa eligible which is ridiculous so like don't say no to money so <laughs> right. that rule is also garbage yeah it's so dumb yeah. um so yeah just just to a shout out to all the the europeans and their nationals out there who i know i know a lot of people who have who have sacrificed because of that which is so horrible. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you brought up the "don't blame the players" point because that's I, oh my god, I <laughs> I couldn't agree more. If anything, we should be we should be thrilled that these players are exploiting the system the way that they are. I, oh, break! Uh, sorry, Brian. Uh -oh. Breaking news about this case: uh, oh Shaquille O'Neal's son, Sharif O'Neal, Sharif O'Neal withdraws commitment to Arizona in wake of wiretap revelation. Really? Yeah. yeah I mean, it, we're gonna have to. This will not be the last time we discuss this. This is going to be an enormous story. Not only if, you know, if you're not into college basketball, that's fine. But this is going to impact the NBA indirectly, but it is going to impact the NBA. And you know what? It could impact the NBA in a positive way because if the NCAA crumples to the ground, yeah. hello G League. Or, I mean, th maybe this is the incentive they need to get rid of the one and done rule. Oh, yeah. I would love to see high schoolers come back. I miss that intrigue. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see where this all goes. But uh, suffice it to say, it will take some time for the fallout before we, we have a full sense of what's going to happen. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine & More. It was crazy! They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine & and more. Welcome to Total Wine and More. It's much more than a wine store. It's the eighth wonder of the world. When people talk about Total Wine and More, they get a little carried away. We're just a big friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer. See, we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions, and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere. And friendly, helpful experts at every turn. You know what? Maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world. Shop in store or online at TotalWine.com. We also need to talk about, I guess, another business angle. Uh, Mark Cuban, the NBA fined him $600,000 for saying his team should tank this season. He, he said yeah. this on the House Call with Dr. J podcast. Cuban said this uh, on February 18th. Mm. I'm going to read his quote exactly. 
I'm probably not supposed to say this, but like I just had dinner with a bunch of our guys the other night, and here we are. You know, we weren't competing for the playoffs. I was like, look, losing is our best option. Adam Silver would hate hearing that, but I at least sat down and I explained it to them. And I explained what our plans were going to be this summer, that we're not going to tank again. This was like a year and a half tanking, and that was too brutal for me. But being transparent, I think that's the key to being kind of a player's owner and having stability. He's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, I I, <laughs> I understand why the NBA did it, because it was pretty yeah. dumb to say these things out loud. Yeah. I don't get, you know, I love Sam Hinkie, but what Sam Hinkie did to the Sixers is so much worse than these comments. Like, Sam Hinkie mm-hmm. stripped that team of all of its talent. Like, yep. he, he didn't say, he didn't come out and say he was tanking. But he performed the most in-your-face tank job in NBA history. Yes. The Chicago Bulls are now not playing Robin Lopez. He is otherwise healthy. (laughs) Yeah, he's otherwise healthy. He's been a productive member of their team all year. But he's just not playing anymore. Right. I guess I just... It just seems kind of dumb to draw the line at like, all right... You can tank all you want, just don't talk about it. It's like Fight Club. The first mm-hmm. rule about Tank Club is just don't talk about Tank Club. But here's the thing. Fight Club had, like, what, 50, 100 members in the end? Yeah. So someone talked. Yeah, right. I guess so. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, yeah, I agree with you. It's dumb. It seems like it. it's a rule for the sake of having a rule. Mm-hmm. And just to like keep up appearances, like we're in, we're on top of this, we're in control of this. Yeah. Okay, that's fine, but everyone knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. it's it's so obvious, and and I, I loved Mark Cuban's excuse that he got starstruck because he was talking to Doctor J. <laughs> yeah, Doctor J right. was his favorite favorite player growing up, so he just kind of talked yeah. and, and didn't really care. Yeah. <laughs> it came out of his mouth, and you know. Six hundred thousand dollars. That's fine. It's Mark yeah. Cuban. <laughs> He's right. got plenty to him. Oh, yeah. yeah, I wish I could yeah. someday let me be in a position where I can be fined six hundred thousand dollars and not bat an eye. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's I understand why the NBA did it, but it's just mm. it's like who cares? Who cares? We all know it's good. Yeah. It's like the NCAA stuff. We all know what's going Completed. on. Just. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I guess it's, I understand it's bad for business to have owners openly talking about it, but. Mm. It's the same with tampering. Like, we know, yeah. like, we've, we've read so many articles over the years. Like, it was basically only Mitch Kupchak who refused right. to contact free agents. And now Charlotte is in the hunt for him, <laughs> yeah. which is ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. Well, he, um, he's a noble soul, so. He's gonna... I'm gonna stick to the rules. Yeah. We're gonna lose doing so, but I'm gonna stick to the rules. <laughs> right. That's good. Great. Right. Hey, LeBron. I mean, we haven't reached out to yeah. you before July 1st, but would you be interested in yeah. playing for us? We've built our whole team yeah. around that. But it's 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 just like teams begin this recruiting process months, if not years, honestly, before they plan. Yeah. They make sure, like, they speak to agents. Yeah, and. Like they could let an agent know, hey, we expect to have this amount of cap space in two years. Yeah. Just 
tap on the nose. <laughs> right. Like, remember, remember that for this particular free agent. I mean, it's the way business is done these days. And the NBA seems to be, and the NCAA are both like holding a hand over their eye and going, oh, no, 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 this is not happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, the horrors of which this is, if it is actually happening. And like, if they know, it's just, it's dumb. Yeah. It's so dumb. I w- I, this is not a direct uh, NBA story, but I forget who wrote this. It was someone on the MMQB recently writing about NFL free agency. Mm. And it was a look into how they all violate the tampering provisions. Like, I guess in the NFL, you have two days before free agency starts where you're, there's a legal tampering period, kind of like the July moratorium for the NBA. But mm. turns out, teams and agents have been talking long before the legal tampering period. And it, this was oh, like, yeah. he, he went through and like, I guess it was some high profile free agent who they did not name, but they went through and explained like, how the entire year leading up to his free agency, how many teams reached out to his agent and were just like, hey, you know, what's uh, what's your guy going to do? We have, mm-hmm. you know, we're interested. Like, what? give me a ballpark as to how much he's looking for this year. Yeah. Like, I, LeBron oh, yeah, James has been in touch with every team he is considering already. Or like his, oh, absolutely. His pe- I mean, his agents or whatever, like, Maybe yeah, it's not like LeBron yeah. call, <laughs> yeah. calling up Magic. Hey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Magic. Hey, Magic. Be, I've got to talk to you for a minute. Don't say this to the media, <laughs> goddammit. Yeah, right. Just be quiet. Yeah, but I, I'm assuming, I believe he's represented by Rich Ball. Rich Ball has, yeah. you know, I, I don't think it was a conti- uh, coincidence that Contavious Caldwell Pope signed with the Lakers. It was oh, just yeah. like, oh, yeah. how's, uh, how's my client Contavious? Oh, yeah, and by the way... Mm. Did you know LeBron James is a free agent this summer? Yeah. The, so so here's the thing. The crux of the matter here is actually a little bit deep. Mm-hmm. It's it's because fans, the, the most fans, like we are, we are guys who are making sort of a living doing this thing. So we have a different point of view. Sure. You know, casual fans get more emotionally invested in mm-hmm. in a sport because. When they watch basketball, it's it's with the heart, it's with the emotions, and that's how it should be. Like that's there's not a problem with that. So I think it's part of they, that the NBA and the NCAA they try to keep it as pure as possible for for the average fan, so they can in in a in a guilt free way just emerge themselves in this feelings orgy of <laughs> the romanticism of sports. Yeah. Whereas. You and I and people who, who write and, and work in the industry, uh, you know, and have connections and understand what's going on. Like, we've, we've just, we've grown so accustomed to this. So every romantic, romantic thing that's involved with it, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't romanticize the game anymore. Mm-hmm. We just, if, when someone says, when, when, some, when a player signs somewhere, the, the average fan goes, oh, he followed his heart. Right. In his heart, this guy's a Detroit Pistons. <laughs> a Piston and not an Orlando Magic. Yeah. Whereas we go, yeah, that was because he was offered 25 <laughs> more million more dollars, right? right? And um, it's it's just a different way of going. And sports will always be and, and, and like have a strong place on the emotional spectrum. That's and true. I think that's partly why these leagues are just looking at it and trying to go, oh, we need to keep it so pure as we can. Because mm-hmm. now we see in football, no, I mean, rec- normal football, not American football, mm-hmm. 
uh, we see how much influence agents have, like over superstars and Real Madrid and Barcelona and Manchester United and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's become such, it's become public in a way that a lot of fans have simply gone, oh, they've draw, they they've just taken all the fun out of it. It's all become business and money, and it's all right there in my face. Whenever I just open like a, a website, uh, I don't feel at emotionally attached to football anymore like where's my sport at mm-hmm. it's all about money 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 and i i think the nba who's who i know by the way are looking a lot at the premier league because they're they they share a lot of things with the premier league system they look at that and go oh we don't want to end up there so yeah. we should keep our things a little bit more private that's also why i think teams are not allowed to uh to 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 tell people what the monetary terms of a contract mm, yeah yeah that's true that it just it seems all of it seems weird like how dumb do these leagues think the average fan is mm. like it se- it kind of just seems question. insulting to our intelligence at this point like but it, it is it is but i mean look if you're a casual fan who checks in on the nba maybe once or twice a week and you don't go in and read articles and whatnot. Yeah, you're still a, a paying customer. Yeah, but do, do those? If you're a casual fan, are you gonna? Do you care that a team has announced the terms of a contract or that? I mean, I I get it for the tanking thing. I get it because then you're gonna. If yeah. a, you know, if Mark Cuban comes out and says my team is actively trying to lose for the rest of the season, bye bye ticket sales for March. I, you know, I I understand there is a business component to that, but right, 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 like. Yeah, I mean the Bulls still somehow sell out most nights. I mean, if you're, frankly, if if, if an owner is doing that, you should have incentive for those games, lower ticket prices, lower concession prices, like make those games mm-hmm. more appealing to come to for fans. Like, right? You know, I if I yeah, I'm not gonna pay fifty bucks to sit in the upper level and watch, you know, David Nwaba. No offense to David. David Nwapa is good, <laughs> Brian. No offense to David Nwapa, but you know that. It, no, I hear you. I just, I understand it. It just seems dumb. Is the best it's, way. Well, I, I can tell you why, though, because when when you say you know that the average fan shouldn't know what the what the players earning, mm. it's again, it's it's the football thing. Yeah. Because when Paul Pogba was sold for the amount that he was sold for mm-hmm. last summer. Uh, to Manchester United, I mean, a lot of fans, I, especially on Facebook, which, you know, Facebook is where everyone is still. All right. Um, and as I saw so many comments about, oh, this just, there's so much money in football right now. It just takes all the joy away. There's nothing emotional about it anymore. I can't, It's they all play for money. They don't play for the love of the colors and the love of the, the, the team and whatnot. And it's because fans are in love with teams. They're not in love with players per se, mm-hmm. because you know that that's like a quaint relationship. When that player is sold or traded or whatever, that re- that relationship is death. It's like an ex girlfriend. Yeah. So, so what, what the leagues have an incentive to keep fans being in love with the with the team, mm-hmm. and the less they know about the monetary things and what goes on behind the the scenes that could be a little bit sketchy, mm-hmm. the better. Yeah. I think that's their their thought process. But I agree with you. It is speaking down to fans. I mean, hell, why do you think I'm an ex Bulls fan? I <laughs> look at how the way that the, that they speak to, to 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 fans and to to the media, and like it's it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Uh, all right, Mort. On a brighter note, we can talk about some potentially positive changes the NBA is at least considering. Yes. Uh, Looking forward to this one. So Adam Silver, during his All-Star Weekend press conference, said they're at least considering the possibility of you still keep the eight best teams from the East and the eight best teams from the West, but then you seed it one through 16. So, you know, right. if the three, if the teams with the three best records in the NBA are all in the Western Conference, they'd be one, two, three. Uh, the three teams with the worst records among all playoff teams are from the Eastern Conference. You, you know, the, the Golden State Warriors can play the Miami Heat in the first round, basically. Mm. Um, Zach Lowe on, I believe, yeah, Thursday, reported there is also some behind-the-scenes momentum for the idea of a play-in tournament determining the last two seeds in each conference, which Bill Simmons <sighs> of The Ringer has been yeah. promoting for a, Years. a decade now, probably. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The entertaining as hell yeah, right, tournament. Right. Yeah. I almost don't want to see this happen just because of his reaction, if it does happen. <laughs> that's cruel it'll just be so goddamn insufferable that uh, yeah. but the idea is so i guess there are a couple different proposals floating around but the low reported the one that has generated the most discussion is two four-team tournaments featuring the seventh through tenth seeds mm-hmm. the seventh will host the eighth seed with the winner of that game grabbing the seventh spot the ninth seed would host the tenth seed and then whoever wins that game plays the loser of the seven versus eight for the final playoff spot. Lowe made it clear that it's, this is not happening this year. It's going to take, you know, it, mm. it, he said it would be a shock if the NBA adopted it in time for 20 or 2020 or even 2021. It may never happen. The competition committee would need to approve it. And then 23 of the 30 teams would have to approve it as well. And it would require collective bargaining with the players union. So, we're still a right. long ways away from any type of overhaul with the play playoff format, but what do you think about all the ideas floating around, Mort? Are you in favor of any of them? I love the one to sixteen seating. Yep, I think that's great. Yep, the entertaining as hell tournament is not one I'm high on mm-hmm. specifically for one, one reason. Let's assume that the seventh seed that year. And the eighth seed. No, wait a second. How how would it, I? I still have to understand that one. It was the seventh, eighth play for the seventh, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So let's say the seventh seed is just so far ahead of the eighth seed, like record wise. Yeah. And they've just been dominating to a point that the eighth seed just couldn't match. Right. Then it seems so unfair to me. That just one game, which which is a toss-up. One game is always a toss-up. Yeah. Should determine that sort of factor. That's to me, is just ridiculous. Yeah. So I would not want the entertaining as hell tournament because I think it's a dumb as hell tournament. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but the 1-16... to 16, And I look, I, I get that, that, you know, the East and West aspect of it, like you would still have eight from the East and eight from the West. Mm-hmm. I'm still kind of intrigued by just eliminating conferences. Just take the 16 best teams regardless. Regardless. And then if that's all in the West, I don't care. I want the best band brand of basketball in the playoffs. Yeah. I don't care if that means that, oh, we should we should find room for the Knicks, man. <laughs> no. 
right? No, I mean, I, I don't want that if they're not a good team. Yeah, so I'm with you. So, I'm with you in general, both on I, I love the idea of seeding one through sixteen. Not super wild about the entertaining as hell idea. Um, mm. I think the big complication with just taking the sixteen best teams, regardless of conference, is the unbalanced schedule. So East right. Eastern Conference teams play more games against e- other Eastern Conference teams than Western Conference teams do. So, you know, the, the West could rightfully argue, well, you know, when the East is not as good as the West, that's not fair. So, right. and, you know, I understand that. And the 1 through 16 thing has at least hurdles to overcome, too. If you are, you know, if you're the Golden State Warriors and you're playing the Miami Heat in the first round, that is at least two cross-country flights to deal with. Now, you know, airplane travel is a little... Luck- luxury flights. Yeah, like, there, it's a little bit more luxurious now than it was in the 1970s and 1980s, so it's not necessarily a deal-breaker, but it's at least, you know, the NBA has to consider that. That is something they need to factor in. So I know Matt... Give him another day off. In between. Yeah. Or Matt Moore has suggested the home, the higher seed gets the choice of the format for that first round. So you could either take the normal 2 2 1 1 1 or do a 2 3 2. Mm. Which, yeah. yeah, You know, there are workarounds to it. I'm not saying that's a deal breaker by any means, but it's at least. You're right. Yeah. it's, It's an issue. The NBA would have to, they'd have to weigh the pros and cons of, you know, does this 1 through 16 seeding, is it more advantageous given those travel concerns than our current setup it's a good question i mean i don't think travel is a big problem we've seen how these guys travel Mm -hmm. it's not you're not crammed into coach right you can sleep on the plane there's food everywhere you go you don't need to like drop off at McDonald's to get something on the way or anything. You have a shuttle waiting for you right as you come off the plane. Everything is VIP. It's, I just don't see the concern there. Mm-hmm. I think that's a luxury problem. Yeah. Really, I do. Yeah. I mean, so I, I think also part of the problem, which um, ESPN noted when relaying Silver's comments, I think it was a report from Brian Windhorst, uh, 20 of the 30 teams would need to approve this. So you need to convince mm. five Eastern Conference owners. Yep. Do they, you know, are are you going to be able to say, hey, you know, you're, you're no longer guaranteed eight seeds if you're an Eastern Conference team. If you did just all, you know, top 16, regardless of conference. Or even if you do just the one through 16 reseeding, are you going to go to Mickey Harrison of the Heat and say, "Hey, you know, this is uh, you're going to have to go to Golden State in the first round instead of Cleveland, or Boston, or Toronto." Yeah, no, I, I mean, I get that that would be problematic, but then it has to be a long term view. Yeah. Because what if in five, six year time, you know, the Miami Heat is the Golden State of the NBA? Yeah. Like things can change so quickly. So if teams are voting based on current position mm-hmm. or current state of the franchise, that would be idiotic. Right. You would need to look at it from a long term perspective and what and also what's in the best interest of the league. Yeah. Look, if I'm a if I'm a team owner who's got a bad team, mm-hmm. I'm still looking at that and going, Okay, what would produce the best brand of basketball? The mm-hmm. highest 
quality we can find because that's going to attract more fans. Yep. Attracting more fans is good for business. Yep. It's also going to be good for my business potentially because if then I become a good team down the road, I will have a larger fan base overall, yep. a pool of fan, fans that I can dig my hand into. Yep, yep. So, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, you know, we. how many times have we said the Western Conference Finals turned out to be the actual NBA Finals in the last oh, yeah. 10 to 15 oh, years? Yeah. Like, you know, if hopefully, knock on wood, we'll avoid any more injuries moving forward. But, like, uh, Rockets-Warriors-Western Conference Finals... That that is the playoff matchup I'm most excited about, regardless of conference. Mm. Like that, those are objectively the two best teams in the NBA. It would be great if those two teams could meet in the NBA Finals. That would be, that would be entertaining as hell. That would be fun. Yeah, and that that hasn't happened in a while. Yeah, really. The two best teams and, and, meeting. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and and to, when you think back on it, like back in in '91. It was the East yeah. who had the real finals because that was the the the, the Bulls and Pistons yep. with the great history there, and then the Bulls came to LA and spanked the Lakers in five, mm-hmm. which was really not all that competitive. Mm-hmm. Like the the NBA Finals there was really the Pistons and Bulls, mm-hmm. so the it, the momentum swings, right? And it just seems like because we're stuck right now in a in a Western lull. We just go, oh, the West is going to dominate that thing for the next 20 years. Well, that's not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's plenty I mean, of young, it's... good talent in the East now. Yeah, there is. I mean, obviously, and I raised this point about a year ago on this podcast as well, like that the draft format could potentially change a little bit mm-hmm. because if, if the Western Conference, a Western Conference team that is strong but it's outside of the playoff picture because of a stronger conference, mm-hmm. then, you know, who, that would be a playoff team in the East. If they won the lottery, it would just only make the West stronger right, <laughs> and right. the East weaker. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure that's not going to be a, a pressing issue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm at least encouraged that the NBA is considering these proposals, whether they act on them mm-hmm. or not. It's anyone's guess. Again, don't expect this to happen anytime soon it, it sounds like it's still very much in the conceptual phase but like shout out to the nba for realizing hey mm-hmm. you know like we have a great product there are ways to make it even better and let's actively try to let's be proactive about that instead of reactive that's a great if it ain't broke break it yeah like that's that that is a great mindset for this league to be in because there it will have a real opportunity over the next 10 to 15 years to carve out a, not only in America, like a huge global presence, even bigger than it already has. Mm-hmm. So again, like trying to find ways to improve your product, as, as you said more before it's even broken, that's great. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a good way of doing it. I mean, just, I, th- I think David Stern was always kind of set in his ways. Mm-hmm. And now you're looking at Silver, who's just open for everything, every idea. Everything is just a a wide share of knowledge mm-hmm. to improve the product overall, which is which is definitely the right way to go about it. I think we're reaching an age, not just basketball-wise, but politically and socially, where tradition is kind of thrown to the curb a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like we we as, a, as a human beings are seem, seem to understand now that 
you know, traditions are great, but it's not the end all be all. If we we've, if we just if we always focus on tradition, we won't move anywhere. So right. progressiveness and creating new traditions and creating new elements that will ultimately improve certain situations is something we desire a great deal. And the NBA has latched onto that ideal mm-hmm. and are doing a wonderful job with it. I mean, look, just next year we're going to see a different uh, lottery system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the the mindset of that's the way we've always done it, so we'll continue to do it that way is very detrimental in any as you said, yeah. more, not just in sports, but in any phase of life. So it's I I I'm I not only do I think Adam Silver deserves credit, I wouldn't be surprised if Michelle Roberts is driving a lot of this too. Oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's you have to have an open mind like to go into those discussions. Right. So I, I think the leadership on both sides, players and the league office, team owners, you know, they they deserve credit. They've been proactive since Silver took over. They avoided a huge labor shutdown this past year. Seems like you know they they understand this product is going well. Let's not f it up. Let's just keep the momentum mm. going. And the league's in a great yep. place, all things considered. I mean, you know, we've had a number of devastating injuries to top stars, and yet, like, look at how many teams and good players are left. Like, the league is in a great place overall. Yep. Now imagine a season wherein players don't get injured. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. I know. Play, let's play an NBA 2K season, turn off injuries, see how fun it is. <laughs> All right, Moy, I think that's a good place to wrap up. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Uh, hope you enjoyed. Please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We would love any feedback. And we're being hosted this year on FanRag Sports, so check them out on Twitter at FanRag Sports and for their NBA content at FRS Hoops with a Z. I'm Brian Toporek, and joining me today, as always, was Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. I'll be sitting here cackling at the fact that Andre Drummond and Andrew Wiggins are basically shooting the same free throw percentage. What a good way to land. Wow. All right, later, Mort. Later. Easter is coming up, and I just can't wait to have the whole family in one place. And of course, what's Easter without an awesome Easter brunch? Now, I don't know about your family, but mine is a little picky, and I really wanted to impress them with something delicious. A friend told me I should check out Total Wine & More. It was crazy. They must have every wine and beer imaginable. I told one of their friendly experts my situation, and they found me just the thing. This sparkling wine is going to be absolutely perfect for brunch, even with my picky family. I know next time I need something, I'm shopping at Total Wine & more welcome to total wine and more it's much more than a wine store it's the eighth wonder of the world when people talk about total wine and more they get a little carried away we're just a big friendly place run by people with a passion for wine and beer see we travel the world to find the best wines from the best regions and we sell them at the lowest prices anywhere and friendly helpful experts at every turn you know what maybe we are the eighth wonder of the world Shop in-store or online at TotalWine.com. 
Get to Old Navy for the biggest sale of the year. Up to 60% off all back-to-school styles for kids and baby. Get flip-flops for 2 bucks, graphic tees for 4 bucks, shorts for $6, and jeans for $8. Right now, get the best kids' styles at kid-size prices. Just 2 4 6 and $8. Can't wait to wear it? Buy online and pick up in-store free today. Up to 60% off all kids and baby styles now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 729 to 811. Select styles. Excludes in-store clearance. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Moon. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.